Welcome to the Guitar by Masters podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Stindler, and in this podcast, we'll be delving into numerous guitar topics, as well as having conversations with world's most renowned classical guitarists. In our first episode ever, we have a very special guest joining us from Chicago, US, Denis Azabagic. Born in Tuzla, Yugoslavia, Denis is a seasoned concert and recording artist, a prize winner of more than 20 international guitar competitions, among others a GFA winner, as well as a passionate educator and artistic director of music festivals in Europe and the US. Hi Denis, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Hello Carmen, nice to meet you. As I said earlier on this on this podcast and and just so ple- so, so much it's such a pleasure to be part of this great uh, guitar by masters uh, platform. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, who introduced you to classical guitar and what made you decide later on that you want to dedicate your professional life to classical music? Um, my parents wanted their uh, children to, to have a music education, so they enrolled me in a, in a music school in my hometown, as you mentioned earlier, of, of, uh, Tuzla. Uh, situated in the northeastern part of of Bosnia. So I started uh, when I was very, very young, I believe even like five years old when we started just sort of like a general music lessons and learning a little bit of, you know, where the notes are, like, you know, in the solfege, do is underneath the (laughs) table and sol is on the, on the, window something like that and then when when the time came uh, after i think a year to choose an instrument i had a very nice uh, i was lucky that at that year uh, my teacher got hired in the school his name is predrag stankovic and um, he sort of nudged me i i don't exactly know how towards guitar but i also remember that i wanted to play in a uh, rock and roll band because i at the time i liked listening beatles so at the, at the time, I envisioned me in a rock and roll band, but uh, as I said, uh, uh, this person, Predrag, my teacher, my first teacher and, and dear friend, uh, he inspired uh, not only me, in, in many, many other uh, students that he has had ever since, uh, a love for classical music. So he was a pivotal in my uh, decision to, to go towards uh, classical music. Beautiful. Um, in the meantime, you have established yourself as a world-renowned concert artist, as well as a university professor based in Chicago. Uh, how did your path lead you there? And how different is the life of a classical guitarist in Europe compared to the US? Oh, a lot to unpack there. Huh? <laughs> uh, how did the path lead me to, 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 to Chicago? Well, you mentioned earlier that I come from former Yugoslavia. So the former Yugoslavia broke up uh, during the civil war in the 90s. I was, uh, in 1991, I studied in um, Zagreb uh, under uh, another great teacher, Darko Petrinjak. And after one year of my studies there, you know, the war broke out. And and since Bosnia was still part of the federal Yugoslavia and and, and was, part of that federal system, uh, people of my age, young men of my age, 18 at the time I was, were drafted into military service. And I know that one of my friends and colleagues from, 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 the, day, from uh, the music academy in Zagreb 
Uh, he did fight on, on the side of, of Croatian army later on, you know, if I would have drafted in the Bosnian. So that shows you like really what, what could have, have happened and what actually ha has happened in the civil war, how close friends and, 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 and you know, even families get into such a uh, incredible uh, conflict and, and tragedy after all. So after, uh, uh, when the war started in 1991, in the summer, my parents simply told me, look, just let, let's see if you can move away a little bit for, for a while until the things calm down. So I moved, I had some family in Netherlands and I went to Netherlands and the things didn't calm. As we know, they erupted big time and, and uh, war exploded. In Netherlands, I uh, uh, started studying at a music conservatory, met my uh, wife and my partner, my musical partner, Eugenia. And um, I think you mentioned before my um, uh, music, uh, sorry, guitar competitions that I uh, attended. And in 1993, I uh, won a competition in Madrid, Guerrero competition. And at the time, it was one of the biggest competitions, and one of the, one of the prize was a concert in in Bloomington, Indiana, because a, a professor, a teacher from Bloomington, Indiana, uh, was in the jury, Ernesto Bitati, so he invited me. So that's how, after after a while, we um, when we finished, when I say we, I said my wife and I at the time, we finished our studies in Rotterdam. We said, okay, let's try. How how's the life in the United States? So I experienced that a little bit. So I went to the United States and we made our life here. But how does the life compare of a classical guitarist in the United States and in Europe? I can't quite say because I developed my career in the United States. I did visit Europe uh, uh, often, obviously for, you know, at the time for competitions, for, for concerts, for teachings, and now you're mentioning festivals and so on. So for us, somewhere deep, Europe is always a home, so we are drawn to it. So every 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 summer, uh, we spend a couple of months in Europe, and 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 we do feel at home there. We do feel at home in in, in United States as well. You know, you, home is where you make it. But um, in terms of how is it for a classical guitarist, I don't I don't really know how it is in 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 in, in Europe. I do know that when we were coming to United States. There were some people who were hesitant. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to say sorry. Word hesitant, but who were a little bit more skeptical of 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 our idea or ambition to come to United States, as because they said, "Oh, there are no concerts here. There's not possible. What, what not?" But I think, you know, one one makes its its way no matter where you go or where you envision yourself and you fight for it. So. Um, you know, I have I have some students that have graduated with me here in Chicago and returned to their home uh, country of India, and and it's a you know country with not such a developed classical guitar scene, but it's emerging and it's and it's growing. So everybody finds their way in 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 a different country. So I I, I cannot really compare it since I don't have experience, but I think Europe is pretty good as well. Yeah, I think it's beautiful how you said that you feel at home in. The, in both continents, so to say, and that you always like going back to Europe, but also, you know, established your life in the US, where for sure there's lots of opportunities as um, as classical music goes. Of course, yes. there's no doubt about that. Yeah, Yeah. well, we all we all feel at home, you know, we are drawn culturally to the things that we grew up with. 
right? So, so when I go to Bosnia, there are things that I feel at home. When I, when I go to Spain, there are things that there that I that I feel at, at home as well, right? In United States, obviously, but I just mentioned India earlier, and 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 I, and I miss going back back there. I haven't been in in, in a while, but it felt it started to feel more at home, and and primarily was because of the people you encounter and the friendships you 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 uh, make and the work you do there and you know that environment uh, of, of people and the things that you do creates something that that you feel comfortable with yeah something that you can call home then at the end yeah yeah, yeah that's beautiful um, Actually, this is a great segue to the next question I wanted to ask you since you were mentioning the Bosnian war in the 90s, uh, which is the 90s were, as we all know, a very turbulent time for, for your homeland of Yugoslavia, my homeland actually as well. It, it fell apart and uh, the Bosnian war was an especially like long, tragic and just overall devastating. Mm, how did this affect your life and also your aspirations as a, as a young classical guitarist at that time? Mm. Well, it certainly did affect my life, as I said, mentioned earlier. You know, it stopped my studies in Netherlands, and uh, sorry, uh, stopped my studies in, in in Croatia, and I moved to Netherlands. So there was a big shift there, and then there were all many other things that came afterwards. In in a sense, I I took uh, responsibility of taking care of myself, and later on and of course, together with my wife, helping my sister as well, because she left uh, while my parents stayed in Bosnia. So, you know, I did find myself from from one year, you know, studying in Zagreb and just thinking about practicing and playing and, and, and just being completely um, immersed in, in that world. Guitar, music, that's all I was thinking, right? to a year later or a couple of years later being in a very very different uh, place being in a place where i didn't know if i were if i was able to stay in in, in netherlands because you know i had a yugoslav passport and then suddenly that that wasn't valid anymore and then uh, i get, got a bosnian passport but that wasn't recognized by all all the countries in the world so if i would if i i remember an instance when i wanted to go to competition in la Radura in spain in southern spain and the segovia competition my visa was expiring in you know mid-december and the competition was end of december to january so I wasn't able to come back to country and going to the, you know to the migration there to explain those things and the only thing that mattered at the time when I was there and I remember it very clearly was like you know how much money do you have on your account to prove that you can that you can stay in this country legally that you can you know support yourself until a certain amount so uh, the, the, my visa was extended based on what the size of my bank account right if I have enough for three months that that is what was my uh, uh, visa was worth for so uh, that as, as when you say how did it impact an impact in, in a way that I you know it was it was a hard time so you 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 go through that you you do what you must do but I think that also, you know, when you're in a stressful situation, maybe you don't even find it. It is so stressful. Later on, maybe when you relax, you know, body or psyche or, or you know, the, the, the whole 
the, the whole your whole being uh, as there is one book that says body remembers then then the body starts showing perhaps some symptoms that are you know far in in, in, in the past perhaps um, and I don't want to say that everything was bad at the time uh, when, well first of all you know going to not to Netherlands is where I met my wife. She came from Spain to study to Netherlands and we made our life together and our duo and our chamber music and projects and so on. So, um, and also I am always, I will always be grateful to Netherlands because I, I, they gave me a status of, uh, of a refugee and they helped me both financially and eventually I got a citizenship. So I did feel welcomed by the, uh, uh, by the country as a whole, as their attitude towards towards uh, immigrants, right? But also by uh, people that I've met there. And I do remember that, for example, the shift in me was that uh, after we le left Netherlands for a while, I did not... I wasn't keen of returning and, and visiting. And I think that was the subconscious uh, effect of, of those those times that, that that I had there but after a period of time I don't know how long I remember once when we went to Netherlands I felt I felt really so nice and then when I saw people from there uh, it, it just warmed my heart really after a while so you know th th there is a certain element of, of stressful or traumatic experience of, 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 of that time uh, how does it how did it shape me in terms of guitarist or song I think it it made me extremely goal oriented meaning that this is what has to be done and I'm going to do that there was no going back there was no there was no uh, uh, B plan right there was no backup so the only thing that I could count on was me and then my wife and, and just moving forward, go to competitions, make the career, do this, do that. And yeah, so, well, life, you know, in, in any case, a positive experience, right? Because challenges are also uh, making you grow. Yes, and lots of time I, I have this feeling that sometimes you, you go through certain things and then only in retrospect you realize um, you kind of ask yourself, how was I even able to, to do all of this? But at the moment when you have to, when you, as you said, there's no plan B, it's just what, what needs to happen. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very, very difficult time. And especially a difficult time for, for an aspiring musician in their 20s that just work on their career. And it's like a, such, such a crucial time in the life of any musician. Uh, but yeah, you managed to... to do it wonderfully so <laughs> well I'm not the only one and, and I'm not the first one and you know so many people have been in in, in a very very similar situation because uh, you know as, as we can see today as well in these times you know wars are part of our dark side of humanity so we we experience those very often right so uh, thinking about the situation in, in, in that part of the world, in the Balkans, you know, we have had a war in that region every 20 to 30 years since the mm. end of the Byzantine Empire. So, you know, uh, I don't know how I was talking the other day and I said, look, my grandmother lived through World War One, World War Two. you know, if she would be still alive, uh, no, she also lived through the through the Balkan War, in, in uh, sorry, uh, Bo Bosnian War, right? So that's the third oh. one. So. 
I mean, just imagine experiencing three wars in your lifetime, or you know, or being in Afghanistan and 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 being born in a in, in a conflict, and that's all you know. So yeah, but again, going away from that, as you say, you know, it is a, a, a stressful situation, but it does also make you more focused on in in a way on certain things, and. Every situation brings something good as well. So as I say, you know, you meet people, you meet new people in, in another part of the world that perhaps I wouldn't have met them if I stayed in, in, in Zagreb. You know, so at the end, everything turns out for good. Yes, and everything brings something valuable to, to your yeah. life, for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing this. I, I know this is a bit of a personal topic to discuss, but I really do appreciate you opening up about it, especially in the light of, of recent events in Ukraine. Um, but to continue with a bit of a lighter topic, <laughs> what kind of repertoire are you most passionate about? Wow, well, th- things have been changing. So going through that time of competitions where, you know, I did what I had to do in, in terms of what were the set pieces or what was my f- free choice, uh, and later on, my inclination to solo repertoire was more on, on I would say, Spanish-South American uh, flavor. Uh, not, I wasn't keen ever on, on a contemporary music too much. Um, and then later on, uh, the more things started developing in the realm of chamber music and when we started thinking about projects and, and commissions and so on, uh, again, we are going back to the richness of the folklore of a different traditions. So some of the things that we've done, like for example, a Sephardic uh, journey project based on the music from Sephardic Jews from Spain. Uh, and you realize there's a trove of, of uh, music there that you can take and, and develop it into you know, compositions for various in, uh, group of ver- various instruments. Uh, before that, and uh, Balkan project music based on on music from my country, which is very dear to me. So th- those were, you know, let's say two uh, sources of inspiration to work with the composers and to ask them for to create commissions, to create compositions. We commissioned them and to create compositions based on those on the, on that music. Um, yeah, I think. Um, Later on, I, I do like the idea, this is what I love about collaboration, is that, that, that you work with other people and they have the idea uh, and jointly you come to something that, that you like, that is, that, that is even, that you perhaps couldn't even envision by yourself in the first place. So collaborations are something that I really, really like. And I say that not only because of collaboration that I do with my wife, but also collaborations that we do uh, with the composers when they are giving some ideas so that we go back and forth in that creative process. So when you say, you know what I'm drawn to, I would say at this point now, uh, we are waiting to do another project which is called River of Fire, based uh, compositions based on, on, on uh, uh, Romani folklore. Oh, okay. What we call it, yeah, gypsy music. So, you know, you can just imagine how, what, what incredible music that is. But also, if you go a little bit in the history and you think about where are the origins of those peoples that starts from in, that they started in India, 
right? And then as a nomad spread around, around the world, everywhere in the world. And then their music has evolved from India through Middle East, through the Balkans, through, you know, reaching, uh, you know, Eastern Europe, you know, klezmerans and so on. And then realizing all the way to Brazil. Um, so evolution of that music is, 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 is fascinating. So that's that's the that's sort of like the current inclination. Yeah, that's really that's really fascinating. And as you mentioned, commissioning pieces, I feel this is actually a big responsibility that as classical guitarists we 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 actually have to do that because our the classical guitar repertoire in comparison to the repertoire of some other classical uh, instruments is just a bit smaller and it's of great importance to to work in this direction uh, as well. And as you say, you can you can get such fascinating ideas collaborating directly with composers that are still alive and you talk to and you you know talk about about your ideas and just kind of uh, also help them in a way and understanding the instrument a bit better and then maybe they feel even more inclined to to write for it in the future mm. so i think that's a really really important thing to be to be doing it it, it is important uh but i want to i want to point out that that one does not do that because of sense of importance of, of such a matter, but from, from, from sheer desire to, to contribute, or not, not to, con yeah, well, in one way to contribute, but also to just to feel, okay, what else is there that can, that, that can, that can come to life, right? And, and, and then you start investigating or or, or 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 looking for things and and you have desire to to for new things to be to be created right um now i have a question for you when you say when we compare uh, our g g classical guitar repertoire to other instruments to which which instruments do you refer well mostly piano i guess but of course yes the piano as we know it as we know it today is also not such an old instrument that's that's also true maybe uh, the reason why why it came to my mind just to 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 go a little bit on this topic is because you know do we ever do we ever think about a, a solo repertoire of uh, tuba? <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely true. Right. So what we are yeah. talking we are talking about a, uh, instruments which are piano, violin, cello. Yeah. In, 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 in terms of uh, when, where, where, who do we compare ourselves to? And we are comparing ourselves to, if you're talking about strings, instruments of, of, of you know, such a strong tradition and, and uh, uh, you know, that obviously as a part of uh, not only solo, but, but orchestral and chamber music have that tradition. That such a tremendous uh, uh, tradition and piano simply in sort of technical ways is 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 a very uh, complex technically instrument as 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 an instrument itself that allows uh, such a tremendous complexity of 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 playing from the part of performer meaning melodic harmonic contrapuntal and so on right uh, it's it's a it's a fantastic instrument so it it, it sort of like it gives itself to to so easily. To write so so many things, right? So when you say um, our responsibility and so on, yes, maybe the biggest responsibility is to show uh, to the composers how incredible, 
how guitarists can play on a such a high level and and I say that also in a retrospect of having judged the GFA competition this past summer mm-hmm. uh, and 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 seeing semi-finals and and seeing at what level I I, I was just I was just so uh, moved and I don't want to say impressed for yes of course I was impressed by the level of, of playing of, of, of the candidates in, in, in the competition but I was gener- I was so moved to see our instrument being played by so many people on such an incredibly high level and to see you know some compositions that were composed so you know it, 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 it felt really good so I think we are doing quite a bit of that mm-hmm. already Yes, going in the in the right direction for sure. Mm, and I also yeah, feel that more and more composers are less afraid of the guitar than they maybe some were because in their education they also don't really um, kind of get acquainted with the instrument enough a lot of the times in the curriculums of the universities. They don't put emphasis on this. They mostly learn about orchestral conducting for the piano and all these more mainstream uh, classical instruments, let's say. So I think this is also actually going in a, in a right direction and the composers are more and more inclined to actually write for classical guitar. But I yeah. think because they, they also meet guitarists and they are more at ease in, in, in this collaborative sense that, you know, that, that, that there's a certain way you, you have to help, help composer. If, if the composer has never played guitar or doesn't have experience in writing for guitar, that's when the guitarist's responsibility is to you know, be patient and, 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 and collaborate. And there are competitions. There's one um, <clears throat> festival called Twisted Spruce here in the United States that they are doing exactly that. Pairing composer and a young guitarist through a period of several weeks or months to work on a, on a, on a composition, right? And that's, that's where you clearly see, you know, if, if the composer is, uh, if the composer has had some experience with guitar or, or not. So there are certain technical idiosyncrasies about the instrument that 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 yeah it's our it's it's it is definitely our our place to to work with a composer and to help find the best way to 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 for their idea to to be translated easily on the guitar and 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 playable yeah that's a really great idea actually i wish more um also music universities had such programs where composers and uh, instrumentalists would kind of um directly collaborate already during their studies and then kind of feel inspired to continue with that after after they finish. I'm sure that that's happening. As a matter of fact, one of my students here the, in Chicago, the Roosevelt University, is collaborating with, with, with a composition student on, 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 on opera. So there is one, one uh, aria or one song that they are working and, 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 and she is playing. But it's, it's exactly that. So to me, it's a great pleasure to see that collaboration going that that's a part of learning process that's tremendous yeah great so from your concert and cd programs i see you are very passionate about spanish music ranging from gaspar sanz to sor and tarega there's quite a selection of easy to intermediate spanish pieces you recorded for guitar by masters Uh, so let's hear your performance of lagrima by francisco tarega
I came across your book on competitions many years ago, and since then I've reread it many times, usually in one go. I actually have it right here. Uh, I feel it's much more than a guideline for young musicians attempting competitions. The chapters I keep on coming back to are the ones on imagination, musicality, uh, stage presence, as well as mental preparation. Could you maybe unpack a few of those for our listeners? Sure, that's a very interesting topic. So we are starting with uh, imagination and I like to always to give um, uh, sort of like a reference to my students that we like watching movies that are made in a way that first you have a great story that turns into a movie script and then the movie is made and then the music is fitted to that movie to, to enhance the storytelling, to enhance our emotional, uh, uh, um, to stir our emotions, to make us even more, how do you say, sensitive or sen to, 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 to the story itself. So oftentimes I, t uh, I tell to my students what would happen if you wouldn't have that music in the, in the movie. It would sort of feel dry. It wouldn't be the same. Not at all. Um, but we, as a performers, let's say, we recreate the music that's written by somebody else. Let's say we create it, we bring it to life. So how do we use our imagination to, to help us? So this is where I talk about the movies and I say, now we reverse the process. We have the music. What kind of story can you write and imagine that fits the music that you are playing? So in the instance of Tarega and Lagrima, words itself it lends it lends itself easily to start off with you know uh, a teardrop and and thinking about the sadness or event that, that you can think and it starts you know in in a major key then it goes to minor key then again a major key so you know there are these these changes so what kind of story that is personal to you that you can remember or what is the story that you can even imagine and write a short story so sometimes i even ask my students write yourself a story about that piece or about that chapter because that imagination that helps you uh through, through the uh, one of the other points that you mentioned before that mental preparation and the stage presence so creating that story that imagination that's one important part for yourself at home because you create one world that you that is your own world that you can dwell into that's that music it's abstract it's inside of you it's your imagination it's your spirit that creates creates something right um musicality i tend to divide it into two major fields one is sort of like academic which implies everything we learn from the from the the first time we have a music lessons, you know, what are the notes, what are the intervals, the keys, harmonies, counterpoint, musical forms, uh, dynamics, then talking about uh, uh, technique of the instrument. So there's a lot to learn through your schooling, through your education. And, and I don't mean that the, the, the schooling has to be just in the institution of, of schooling. You learn from somebody or you learn yourself by immersing yourself in, in studying a, that, that, that subject. So there's a lot to learn in, 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 in music, in the academic aspect. But the other aspect is the musicality that comes from your inclination of on, on, on being uh, how how does how does your being resonate 
with the sound, with the music, with, with, with how excited do you become about a certain phrase? How far you can take it? How can you pair it with the imagination? You that teardrop was it the teardrop when you when you lost a toy or when you lost a dear one, right? I mean, th th there's a different emotional content in that. So so you want to enhance that emotional output to the, to the maximum because coming onto the stage, you become a an opening, a vehicle for the audience to follow you through to that part that you have created, that, that, that music. That's what you are creating. So as an audience, you go to a movie theater and you see a movie and you see that, uh, a music and so on on the screen. You go to the concert, you see a person or people performing. They, people on the stage, have to be in that moment in a different emotional state from sadness to happiness to whatever in between, right? That that is the, 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 our, let's say, job or, and joy to do that so that others can, can, can follow with you through that, right? So um, did I answer all of them? Oh, you said uh, stage presence. Stage presence, um, then that whole story sort of uh, makes you feel or you think, okay, so he, I am here to enjoy myself and to make people enjoy. How do I prepare myself? Another, another thing you were talking about, that mental preparation. You learn about yourself, what kind of person you are. Do, are you prone to, to, to be distracted? Uh, are you prone to be nervous? How do you deal with that? What do you do with, with those things? So instead of paying attention to, to uh, negative thoughts that I realized that were happening to me through that uh, period when I was going to the competition, so I recognized it because it was very, uh, lots of competitions happening, lots of rounds were happening close together. So that pressure was coming to me, right? Oh, tomorrow I have to play. And uh, I'm playing right after Zoran or, you know, oh, Aniello is there, oh my God, you know. Uh, they are great players. Oh, why do I have to know who's playing? I only have to know what I have to do. So I learned to sort of like channel my thoughts from, from absorbing unnecessary information and learning how my mind, in terms, in, in, in not only mine, but our mind in, in, in moments of stress, you know, uh, uh, makes us be more alert to the danger. And in our case, it's in a great, great, great uh, extent, it's an imaginary danger of being on the stage and making a mistake. Oh, what if, what if? Well, what if? Nobody dies if you make a mistake, right? So, but what if I don't make music? Then I didn't enjoy myself and the people walk out of the hall and didn't enjoy themselves either. So, what is, what is good for... What is it I want to think in order to enjoy myself when I'm on the stage? I want to know my story. Where is that story? Ah, that imagination. I'm well prepared. I, I understand what is the piece about everything. I did go, uh, lots of preparation at home. I can enjoy myself. That means that if I can do it this well here, alone by myself, I can do it in the stage. The only thing is I have to be aware that I'm on the stage. What kind of thoughts are going to start coming to me and I'm going to divert my thinking to where I want to be. So it's, it, it, is a, it is a process, you know, and, and those, those are, that process and that mental preparation and that's ongoing 
process that happens on the stage as well. But that's the process that is behind the stage. What is up front is you uh, uh, making audience feel like um, like you are sincerely there to give them a present. Yeah, so. and telling them a story through yeah. through your music, of course. Um, so maybe going back to um, music education, uh, do you think that uh, classical music education is going in the right direction? Uh, what do you think kind of taking a wholesome approach to teaching students uh, mean to you? And what are actually the skills that differentiate a great teacher from just a great player? Hmm. Um, music education, what, what, what in one way worries me a lot, having been in this country for, for, for a while, is the cost of higher education here. And it's a big topic, politically speaking, here in, in, in this country as, as well, right? That's one thing that always is in, in the back of my, my mind. Other thing is like, you know, do we, in a higher education, do we have now too many people graduating and not only in, in music, but in any other field that, that uh, do we prepare students for that particular, I don't want to say, quote-unquote job right or is it just over the years perhaps my philosophy has shifted to say okay I here I have these students I'm gonna teach them to the best of my capability ability to be a better guitarist a better musician uh, to enjoy themselves to understand the complexities of learning you know one piece preparing one exam doing their recital, finishing their degree, you know, to see that as, as a whole project and the process of how, how do you uh, engage with a complex uh, discipline and how do you break it apart, learn each segment and how do you put it together. In, in a, it, you know, there's a certain similarity between that approach to, to this platform that uh, Guitar by Masters, right, where just in, with a single piece, you can, you can pinpoint to one segment and you, and you say, how do I solve this little puzzle here? How do I, you know, make that shift better? Why? What is it I have to pay attention in terms of, first of all, musical aspects and how those musical aspects are going to dictate my uh, uh, thinking in a technical way how to, how to solve it, right? Uh, so that's, that's the thing that, that maybe... And even more so now, over the years, I would say that my philosophy has shifted that I look at each student, even if I have like an elective student who, who, who studies accounting and, and, and takes the guitar at, at, you know, for, as, as, as an elective. The joy of that student that went from zero to playing Lagrima over two years, you know, that's an achievement. And when you see that that student is coming back, because they are hungry for that. So it, it, it doesn't really matter to me whether I go from, you know, uh, hey, put your third finger on the second string on a third fret and from the, from the very beginnings to, you know, let's, let's unpack, I don't know, Sonata by Brauber, right? Th there are challenges in every way. The point is that as an educator, you have one student and you 
your responsibility is to take that student from here when it came to you to here to there to there to there up doesn't matter at, regardless of, of 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 level of playing right um and when you you asked me something about great players versus great mm-hmm. teachers um two don't 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 go together necessarily right exactly. but 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 um so i don't i I cannot name to you a great player that I think it's not a good teacher. <laughs> Neither I would do it in an interview, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you a moment when I had a masterclass with David Russell in the Netherlands, in, in Den Haag. I, rem- I think it was a Royal Winter Music. Didn't get past second page or something like that. Well, that was a moment to me when I saw a great player blowing my mind with, 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 with being a great teacher. What kind of information uh, he was unpacking in front of me and how he was, you know, opening that piece for me. So, you know, those two things not necessarily go hand in hand, but you certainly also have lots of examples where you, where, where you see that, that, that that's the case. Right? So, one way or another. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And I really appreciate that your approach to, to uh, teaching is very individualized. Like you said, you know, you get a student who plays how he plays and then your kind of your um, mission is to get him to a certain point. And however you're able to do that based on their skills, based on their motivation, you do it. And yeah, I think that that's actually wh- how great teachers teach <laughs> to just kind of recognize what someone has and what they still lack maybe and how they can develop as effective as possible in a way. And you know, th- this is also very, well, I don't want to say unique in the sense of this is the only instance that it happens. I'm sure that there are in other other fields as well, but it is not so common that 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 we have a, a situation where you're teaching one on one on 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 a on on an educational level on a university level. That's highly inefficient for the institution because teacher is with one student at a time rather than than a class. But in a class. You are more lecturing rather than teaching, because teaching or a, 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 the, the word education is the origins come from the word I don't know what's the word, but I know the origin is like you know to accompany somebody, to accompany somebody in in, in the journey. And in order to accompany somebody in the journey, you have to learn about them. So there's a pro- process when you in the few, first few lessons when you are learning about the students, how, how the student responds, what kind of things you can say to one student, what, what kind of things you can say to other. It, it, you know, with somebody you can be a little bit more harsh and can motivate them. Somebody can be more sensitive and they can, you know, give up. So there's a great deal of maybe even psychology involved in, 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 in teaching. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, so maybe let's talk a bit about chamber music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cavatina Duo that consists of you and your wife, Eugenia Moliner, will soon be celebrating 30 years of your very active chamber music career. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are the invaluable skills we can uh, all learn through chamber music? Oh, my God. <laughs> so much. Well, first, rhythm. 
Okay, you know. Um, and, and, and going back to uh, teaching and educating, you know, I, I've seen one of the very, so often in, in, in teaching my students that, you know, they learn the, the right V, learn the right pitch, but don't place that pitch at the right time. And I came, re I, I came to call that also a wrong note, right? Because if you play the right pitch in the wrong time, that's a wrong note. That's not the, that's not the right place to play that pitch. So that rhythm, that is what is what is so important for me that I re realized that in chamber music. Uh, what I realized, you know, the, the, the role of the guitar as, as, as more of a accompanying instrument because it's, it's harmonic um, characteristics versus a solo instrument uh, like a flute. Um, what else? Imagination, communication, uh, collaboration, you know, talking, and then the benefits of that. Like, when you can talk the language of music, and when you can communicate in that language with other person, you're, you're bypassing part of the mind that we usually use most of the time. This is very cognitive. This is how we understand each other. We both speak English. We're both talking about guitar. We understand what we are talking. But if we are going to play the music and we are going to share those melodies and we're going to dance with it and play and so on, I mean, the, those moments of sharing, of communicating with other, with other human being through, through, through the abstract of music, that's a fascinating phenomenon. So that's for me the biggest benefit besides all these little ones. Well, not little ones, important ones that I've mentioned before, but this is really a crown jewel. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I, I completely agree. Chamber music, everyone should play chamber music. I feel you're kind of missing out if you're only doing solo music as a, as a classical guitarist, for sure. Okay, and the next uh, question. Um, in a world that is ever digitizing, uh, online learning has slowly becoming a norm. What do you maybe like or dislike the most about online learning platforms? Um, let's talk about a few platforms. For, for example, one platform is this uh, uh, Guitar by Masters, right? The reason why I got so hooked on that platform is that it, that it allows in a sort of passive way, because it's not... Uh, there's a certain interaction, but a limited in interaction in, and I don't mean just this platform in, 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 in any, that you, don't, you cannot get a real-time feedback from, 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 from your teacher, right? So in that sense, it's, it's, it's a passive, but it contains a knowledge that is presented in the best possible way given to this technology. Right. So before we had, I don't know, stone tablets, then we had papyrus, then we had books, then we had, you know, photos and so on. So improve our technology that allows us to transfer our knowledge onto that technology and pass it onto, onto, onto next generation. So this one I like very much because it, you can hear a person perform, you can hear a, a guitarist perform, you can follow the score. The teacher can pinpoint the certain things and explain exactly what is it you have to do. Then you have ability to practice with that. So in terms of digital content, I think that's, that's probably the best we can have, have today. Who knows what we will have 30 years from, 
from now, right? Um, another thing, we are talking here on, on, on Skype. I teach a lot on Skype. It has its advantages that student can take a lesson from me. I can communicate with each. There's a lot we can do. Yes, the best thing is in person. The best thing is when I can take your fingers and you can feel the touch. Maybe we eventually we'll have these suits that we can dress on and we can transfer the tactile sense as well, right? But uh, uh, it's amazing how far the technology has come and what it allows us to do, right? So it still does not replace the creator of the content or a teacher that is behind. It just, we are getting more and more tools at our disposal to convey our knowledge to you know to the other to the other side so i am all for technology i love it you know but i'm also going back to education and we are talking about imagination we are talking about a stage presence and so on in in what we do in music or in art humans are still irreplaceable so great technology fantastic tool but let's get together in the festival and celebrate yeah, let's have like a that. Exactly. live concert yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah, sure. live concert and live masterclass and live gatherings and live ex you know experiences in in teaching as well yeah and what you mentioned of course it's invaluable to to have a one-on-one -on -one individual lesson in person with the teacher but i feel that uh, these digi digital platforms also have this advantage that you can learn from tens or hundreds of different really great teachers which is amazing you have this at your fingertips basically yeah. with really high quality audio with all the software that helps you i mean it's insane like this is things like like this did not exist 20 years ago yeah I mean, exactly yeah. And, and and again what is going to be a few years from now you know you go you you sign <laughs> up on, on 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 the platform and 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 then you say how does this person teach what is this person and, and you can find what what resonates with you from a different different teacher so from for for you know for the user for the consumer that's a fantastic tool because it allows you it brings you so access to so many different flavors before you can decide oh i like that one Right? I like that teacher. I like that from this one. And you make your own uh, cocktail. Exactly. Yeah. Another beautiful piece you recorded for Guitar by Masters is a traditional English folk song, Green Sleeps. Let's have a listen.
So to finish off, here is a few questions by the Guitar by Master subscribers and followers. We always post a question box on our Instagram and Facebook stories a few days ahead of recording these podcasts. So stay tuned and your question just might get asked in our next episode. The first question is actually three questions. Um, what do you listen to besides classical guitar? Do you listen to other genres? And how important is it to have a wide range of musical interests and experiences? Very important because there's so much great music besides classical, right? So I love, uh, uh, you uh, grew up, you know, uh, with the music of the 80s, so very often I go back and listen to, you know, the best rock songs of the 80s. I love that, you know, I love Queen. Um, I mentioned before, I, you know, love Beatles. Um, I like listening jazz a lot. I like listening flamenco a lot. Uh, my desire is that one day I would uh, go to Spain and study flamenco. So, uh, uh, you know, learning a different music and, for example, uh, I, you know, listening some of the Indian music, all these, all these years that we spent in, in, in visiting in India, like five, six years we were going very often there and being exposed to their music live meant very different experience than listening Indian music, you know, like ragas from before, uh, because the opening of their music is so long, but there's a cultural background to that. So just listening and on recording wasn't ever appealing. But when I went there and I went listening alive and understood what is it about, that preparation, just meditation, just getting into that. And, you know, it's, it's a different pace of life. It's a very different context. So then I started uh, liking that music as well. So yeah, whatever comes uh, and, and crosses my, you know, sometimes also with my son, he's a teenager, so he comes and says, you know, what do you like this? And I listen to something that I don't like, not my cup of tea. And he says, my God, you, you, your taste is so, you know, one thing and you don't go out of your box. But I ask him for, sometimes to, to recommend some things just to see what else is out, out, out there. Um, what was the other question? Uh, yeah, another actually interesting question that we got for you was, can you tell us a bit about your other interests besides music? My other interests besides music. I like seeing beautiful things. I like paintings. I like uh, I like philosophy. I like science. I like what science discovers. The other day I was watching this amazing uh, uh, human achievement of pointing all the telescopes from the earth towards a very distant point in, in, in the universe and observing a black hole. You know, how did a human come up with, a, with, a, with, with the idea of, well, first the premise was we need to make a telescope the size of the, of the earth in order to capture the, the to, to detect a black hole and somebody came up with the idea instead of constructing such a telescope you simply synchronize all the telescopes around the globe 
to look at the same direction. I mean, the feats of, of engineering and, and ingenuity of humankind is, 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 is amazing. So that's another thing that interests me. You know, I, we mentioned before technology, what is technology doing and, and you know, how that is going to impact our, our, our lives in so many ways. And as, as much as that is important and fascinating to me, the technology and achievements that we can do, you know, also with uh, genetic manipulation or, 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 or enhancement of our, our bodies and so on. Uh, there is always one other element that I always go back to, and that is what I mentioned before, the communication between, between us as a, as a human being and the connections that we can create by jointly experiencing something. And that's what brings us so much more together. So that's maybe another area to me that it's of interest, of, of, of you know, connecting to an, on an instinctive levels uh, as, as, a, as a human beings. I love doing things with my hand. I like doing things at home. I like doing constructions and things like that, building things. So there are some hobbies that I like that, <laughs> that I do. That's really great to hear. Um, thank you so much, Denis. I'm I'm thrilled that you could join us today as our very first podcast guest. This was just such an insightful conversation, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Carmen, so much. And uh, well, I'll be looking for other guests because I would like to hear other people and their experiences, and maybe some other time we can revisit some other topics. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much. And now a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you join me in the next one. You can find all the performance videos and the interactive tutorials by Denis on guitarbymasters.com as well as hundreds of other videos and tutorials that will help you bring your guitar playing to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well as our YouTube channel. And if you want even more exclusive content, please join our newsletter. I hope you have a lovely week and talk to you next time.